Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Welcome, everybody, to the Celebration Community Church Podcast. My name is Nathan Perdue. And I am Derek Mayfield. Derek, I was editing the podcast the other day, um, just procrastinating on my Christmas planning because it's not my favorite thing to do. It's not the worst, but it's definitely not the best. And there was something that you mentioned in passing that we have to go back to. It Uh deserves it. So you have a self-diagnosed condition called aphantasia. (laughs) Yes. Somewhat somewhat self-diagnosed. My my brother-in-law... Um, who who has a little little experience in the field helped me to um, determine this, but yes, you're right. It is mainly self-diagnosed. Okay, so tell people who might not be acquainted with that word what aphantasia means. <laughs> okay, so so if 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 I say to you, Nathan, close your eyes and picture an apple. What do you see? I see either a red delicious apple uh-huh. or probably a Granny Smith apple, something akin to what the the witch uh, in sure. Snow White and the Seven right. Dwarves gives. And that's a red apple, actually. Yeah. So I shouldn't say a, a green apple. Yeah. My fa- Or I think of my favorite apple, which is a Honeycrisp apple, and just yeah. the memory of eating that. Okay. And you actually would see that. Yes. I would picture, okay. I, I would more picture an experience that I've had with an apple. Right. Exactly. Okay. And that's been very common. Other people have told me like, I see myself in Dylan's looking at all of the apples and picking one out or something like that. That blows my mind. (laughs) It blows my mind because I have always wondered, like there'll be times where Pastor Brandt will be talking in his message and he'll say, okay, I want you to close your eyes and imagine this. I'm like, why does he do that? That's such a weird thing because nobody (laughs) actually sees anything when they close their eyes. I it, literally, I like, this is all within the last year that I, this was one of the yes. things that during, during quarantine down some rabbit holes, I figured out about myself Yes, was I'm the odd one who doesn't see anything when they yes. close their eyes and imagine something. It's pure darkness. It is straight black, nothing at all. And I, so, so apparently I have no, I have no ability to create that in my mind. Yes. The condition Aphantasia is referred to as a blank mind's eye. Right. Whenever you hear something, what what happens for you? Okay, so this is this is going to get a little bit further into this hole yes. because I think that language is based on imagery. Okay. So when we talk about something, whatever it is, it could be the most abstract thing, like mm-hmm. talking about God. I do believe that people have an image in their mind. Not maybe a physical image for God, but maybe something of experience or like when when someone says a word, yeah. that doesn't conjure any sort of memory in you. It, it, you know, it's not not a not a visual thing. Not a visual like, memory. Okay. I think that my mind has compensated for this in a couple of ways. I have a pretty good memory most of the time. I can remember things. Like I'm good with numbers and I can remember numbers and that makes no like there's no reason why I remember this specific 
five digit number that was mentioned in passing at some point, but it's stuck in my mind from yeah. four weeks ago. So there, there's no physical memory or visual memory of you looking at that number right. or someone reading it to you or anything. But like I can that. recall, I can recall it. And like, I can remember <laughs> I a situation. That's so amazing. Yeah, like it is. And, and, um, this is, it's been eye opening for, for like my wife and I, because she'd always be like, now just imagine this. Um, you know, or, or think about it being over here. If we're talking about like decorating something in the house or, or like pastor Brant and I realized this as we were um, going through planning the, the building edition that we had, I always wanted to walk down to the space and look at the physical space where he'd just be like, I mean, you know what it looks like. We've been down there a hundred times. What if we just put it there? I'm like, yeah, I just want to Look at it. We've realized now the reason that we because were so different that we physically of that. couldn't. Yeah. So I've got to put that. myself in the space. Um, you know, through doing this, I've realized my dad has the same thing. Like I, I, there's some back and forth on whether it's hereditary or how it works and um, depending on who you're talking to about it. But um, like when we're doing a project, we both enjoy doing like house projects. So we were building a, a deck on the back of our house over the summer and we both pull out a pad of paper and a pencil and draw out what we're talking about because we can't, neither of us can actually visualize it without putting it there. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of eye opening for me to, I, it's still absolutely like, I'm like, you actually have, you have like a movie theater playing in your head all the time and see all these things. And I'm just sitting here like, huh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, it's so interesting. So first and foremost, no one can divorce themselves from their own experience, yeah. which is why when you say something like that, it sounds so outlandish uh -huh. to anybody else is because you, ca you physically cannot imagine a world that you haven't experienced. Right. I mean, you can kind of pull in what it may feel like, right? right? But, but you can't actually physically think, oh, like when I imagine my dog or something like that, mm -hmm. there are people who don't see that image in their mind. I think it's really interesting. I do have a follow-up question to that. Okay. As a musician, can you audiate? Audiate Audiation is um, being able to remember music or hear how it progresses without physically um, interacting with it. So if I told you like, um, what, what's the lead lick that you play on the bridge of where the spirit of the Lord is or something like that? Can you physically like hear that in your brain? No, I, no, I cannot. Um, I would, I would have to, I would have to have a guitar in my hands and mess around a little bit and figure out like when, when we're preparing for practice or whatever, if I have some sort of part that I'm trying to call back to that we played three months ago or whatever, I'll be sitting there kind of just messing around. And once I get it, it's like, yep, that's what, that was it. Right. But like, but I, I do, I struggle with like, you know, now if it's a really recognizable song and I'm just playing the lick that the guitar player plays on the thing or whatever, like that's a little bit easier for me. But if it's something like I, I, I remember that I played something specific and I liked it last time but I don't always recall exactly what it was. So maybe I never play the same thing. <laughs> and I just, I just convinced myself that, yeah, that's what I played. Um, that's but funny. no, I don't. Yeah. As, a, as I've really tried to improve my musicianship, uh -huh. that has been something that I've noticed myself starting to do yeah. is to look at a piece of music. Maybe it's like sheet music or just a chord chart or something. And I 
I put together a mental like song. Uh-huh. I don't know how far it is from reality in terms of like absolute key. If sure. I see, hey, play a G major seven or something like yeah. that, I don't know how close I am to the actual pitch, but I do hear like, maybe not hear, but I imagine that actual like major seven sound mm-hmm. yeah. and then how it moves to another chord or something like that, which I find interesting. And I, I just wondered if there was a connection because both of those are so tied to memory yeah. in, in the brain. Okay, um, so I have a question for you then. Okay. So you play most most of the time you're playing without the chord chart in front of you. Mm-hmm. Can you visualize the chord chart if you're needing to kind of remember what to play? Like do you are you able to, you know, see the lyrics and the chord above it? So I don't think of it as the physical chord chart, right? Uh-huh. There's a very specific courier font that we use on yeah. the majority of our chord charts. I do Almost, though. It's funny to say it right now. Imagine the Disney logo. <laughs> it, not that, uh, not the specific Disney uh-huh. logo, but like think of a karaoke machine. Yeah, yeah. I think of the lyrics and then where the chord changes Okay. in relation to the, the lyrics. Sometimes visually. Yeah. Sometimes not. See, because for me, I catch myself looking at the chord chart way more than yeah. I need to. And I and I'm just realizing right now maybe part of that is because I'm I'm not <laughs> confident in what I can remember that I saw, so I'm yes. just making sure like yeah. really like and that's where like somebody changes their hair or or like looks entirely different. Mm-hmm. I don't always notice that because like yeah. I notice that okay I notice your Nathan and I might even notice something's different, but it's going to take me a lot longer to realize oh he chopped off all of his hair or he shaved right. his beard. Than another person who immediately goes, and and that's been another thing that I've always been like, man, people are so much better at noticing these things than I am. It's because like, I recall from memory, this is that person, but I don't remember what they look like. I would be awful if I ever witness a crime and I'm supposed to sit down with a sketch artist (laughs) and they say, tell me what you said. I'd be like, it was a person. Like, did it have black hair, brown hair? I was like, I think they had hair. Like that's literally where I'd be like, and, and like I said, like I'm a detail oriented person, but like that ability to recall visual things is just not there. Yeah. That's, that's really, really interesting. And I think that that, that goes to some selective memory as Uh well. Every single musician in our church will tell you this, that as far as the music goes, I'm fairly competent about remembering exactly what's happening. Yes lyrics are a wash <laughs> and i think it's because in that little disney karaoke thing yes. the thing that i'm concerned with most is the music yeah because i have the crutch of the confidence monitor in the back so i'm just like oh that's not sure. as essential a a piece of information right but in my brain I have either consciously or subconsciously said the actual musical change is is more prioritized than the words. And most people would probably be like, the words are more important. And I'm definitely the other way in terms of like, it's, it'd be much easier for me to remember the lyrics of a song because I feel like that would just be pulling straight from my memory mm-hmm. than it would be the chord changes yeah. and everything. And again, probably because I can look down at the chord chart and I can see the the one chord that I need to play yeah. during this time instead of multiple words. But I tell you what, 
from now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start picturing the actual chord chart and the courier font yes. and the actual way that the chart is organized. And from there, I think that I'm going to have a better chance of remembering the actual words. Hey, hey look, we so, accomplished something. Here we today. go. Look at that. Um, the whole reason that I was on memory is, has to do with our, our topic for today, and that's missions. Yes. So if you have been at the church, most people have been at the church longer than I have. I've been here for seven years, which is just shocking to think about right yeah. now, um, just how different the world is in just seven years. Um, but Kyle, um, the founding and senior pastor, would say this all the time, and it was on the wall as well, I think. Yes. Uh, it's It was, with a great commitment to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, God will grow a great church. Yes. There's a lot circulating now about what missions are. And recently we just had our, our missions weekends mm -hmm. at the church, which is kind of a, uh, this is the second year of, of really breaking from the tradition that has gone on. I don't know how long the mission auction went on, but we want to talk about just the heart of why we do missions. This will be kind of a prerequisite for any of the actual people that we support that we bring on the podcast yeah. to say, hey, hey, check this out. This is kind of going to summarize what we think about missions. So then when we get down into the more specific parts of, of that, we'll assume that this information is already covered. Sure. Hey, no sweat if people haven't already listened to it, mm -hmm. didn't make it past our, our memory, uh, mindless drivel. Yeah. If you've made it this far, congratulations. Congratulations. Gold star for <laughs> you. Right. This is This is the content you're actually paying for. Jokes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, let's just start with the, this idea. You know, the Bible doesn't really talk about missions. Right. You don't see anywhere like this is the mission of God or right. or anything like that. Where do we get this term from? And is it if it's not in the Bible, is it biblical? Sure. You know, the Bible doesn't come out and say, you know, world missions or international missions or or things that you know terms that we would hear today. But the Bible is very clear. I mean. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, you know, for the world. Like, and so the idea of, of missions and the heart of missions is, is very biblical. And we see in, in the way that God creates his people and the way that God cares and loves for his people. You know, God is not just a God of the Jews, right? He's, he's for Jew and Gentile. Um, God is is for all people, for all races, for all ethnicities, for all of the world. And and part of our job as the church is to help spread that love, right? When we become a follower of Jesus, one of the things that we are called to do is to continue to share the love of Jesus with other people. And and so part of that and part of the way that the church has has done that, going all the way back to Acts, really, is right. We we think about the the original church in Acts, and and they were adding to their number daily. You know, we hear right. about Peter's sermon at at Pentecost, and three thousand being saved and baptized that day, and adding to their number. Right. Was that missions? Absolutely. It's going out and spreading the name of Jesus. And so, while the term 
missions is not presented in the Bible the way that it probably would be defined today by most people. Um, the idea behind missions is is very biblical. Yeah. So a quick uh, search on the Google machine gets you to uh, countless Bible verses around that more modern topic. Sure. So one of the things that I, I do want to make sure that we do is we realize that we are bringing our perception of the world missions. Yeah. And then when we look at the Bible, we have, <laughs> except for Derek, we have an image <laughs> of, of what that looks yeah. like. Five years ago, that would have looked like to me, you... Um, have this obligation at some point in your life to go do something mm. for a couple of weeks, probably in a, uh, an impoverished area, sure. maybe uh, regionally, maybe nationally, maybe globally. Right. Now, I think that I have a little bit more nuanced of, of a, a, a definition, uh, excuse me, a definition of, of missions. But one of those texts that's just like, okay, we are required to do something for... Um, for bringing other people into the, the family of God is just Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Yeah. And just to paint the, the scene around this, Jesus has risen from the dead. He then tells his disciples to go to Galilee, to go to this mountain, um, and to wait for him there. Right. And he says this. I'm starting in verse 19. I'll read 19 and 20. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A couple weeks ago, we talked to Garrett Cars about evangelism, uh -huh. and it is difficult to imagine this verse without imagining evangelism. Right. One of the primary things about missions, it kind of sounds like it is related to telling other people about Jesus. Sure. So um, one of the things that kind of scares me about that is a very specific reading of that. And one of the, one of the nice things, when you open up your Bible, you'll notice that as superscripts, there are either numbers or letters. That's called a chain reference system. So this is really, really useful. If you wanted to look at missions, you could look at Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and you could look at all of the different superscript letters that are in there, and that's going to give you different references to different chapters right. of Scripture or different books of Scripture. And one of the specific ones is going to come from Matthew 24, 14. And this one says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, then the end will come. Mm. And one of the things that has scared me in the past about the, the way that modern missions has unfolded is it almost sounds like some people particularly read Scripture to say, I have to talk to every single person about Jesus in order for him to come back soon right. so that I can go to heaven sooner. Yeah. Once, everybody's, once everybody's heard about it, at least, and had the opportunity, then Jesus can finally come back. Right. Is that a helpful way to think about missions? From, from my personal perspective, no. Because the goal of missions is not so that 
you can get everybody told so then you can go to heaven. <laughs> the goal of missions is to spread the love of Jesus to other people so that they can experience it and have that life change that you have. And so, you know, I think, and, and also we can very quickly combat that idea with the, with the verse that says, no one knows the hour or the day except for the father, like not even the son knows when he's coming back. And so it's not this checklist item of, Hey, once everybody gets to that remote village over there in the jungle that we just discovered a couple of weeks ago, then Jesus can finally come back. Like that, that's, that's not what the great, that's not what the great commission is about. So one of the things that, that I've been trying to do is I, I'm trying to look at things uh, that I disagree with in the best light. Sure. If you want to get fancy, it's it's called um, the the principle of charity. Uh-huh. Um, instead of setting up a straw man, straw man easy to knock down. It's right. not the real argument, but it's um, it's an oversimplification that makes it easier to defeat. Sure. Um, I think that this thinking in its best light mm-hmm. is saying that. I want eternity to come because then we are told that the wrong will be made right. I don't necessarily think that this thinking is wrong Uh outright. I think it's just a little bit short-sighted because when we look at what Jesus did, he didn't just say, I'm here and then walk to another town, Right. right? what he would do is he would heal people. Mm-hmm. He would transform their lives. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, spiritually, sure, but actually there was a physical component of change he in would, He would sit life. and weep with them. Right. He did so, life with them. So I think that one of the things that we have to remember when we talk about something so abstract like missions is we have the example of Jesus through the yeah. scriptures to tell us how we should do things. And it's not just... Hey, Jesus is here. All right, peace. I'm going to go somewhere yep. else. It's it's welcoming people into the family of God and then being that family until that hour that Jesus so determines yeah. to come. You know, one of the things that that helps me remember like why we do what we do is <laughs> the thought that, you know, I may never experience God coming back, mm-hmm. the work that I do may never see that light. Um, but it's not my responsibility to grow the seeds. That's right. what that's what God does. Yeah. Um, so that's in you know it's freeing in a way mm-hmm. to think that you know I don't have to produce something. Right. Um, and we've talked about this before. That kind of okay. If I tell everybody about Jesus, then he'll come sooner. Is almost transactional. Yeah. It's I input this work, and then God is obligated to come back yeah. and to take people. You know, it can sound that way. Yeah, I, I think the flip side of that that thinking too, Nathan, is is that you know it's up to it's up to God to do it. It's not up to me that can also be used as a crutch, right? right? Yeah. Like, okay, so I don't really need to go and do anything because it's yeah. really just up to God. Absolutely, 100%, it is It is God who brings brings this to fruition. Absolutely agree with that 100%. But we have a responsibility as followers of Him 
to go and spread yeah. that news, to go and plant those seeds. And and for some of us, that's going to be in our local community, our neighborhood, our family. Right. Some of us, we're going to feel called to other places in the world yep. to do that. But it is a call on all Christians to do this yeah. and to and to not use that as a crutch of well it's not really up to me anyway if God wants to yeah. say him he'll uh, he'll you know yeah. uh, send me God but if 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 it doesn't work for me you can send someone else that, like that's yeah. not the mentality that we're looking for that God the idea that God actually grows doesn't absolve me of responsibility right. absolutely but it does help me to remember that my labor isn't in vain yes and yep. and i am not expected to produce something mm -hmm. from that labor <laughs> though i am supposed to do so i mean you know we we can read if we were to do a, a bible study i think the the book of james is fairly clear about the fact yeah. that my life and what i do matters <laughs> one of the best so. analogies and and imagery oddly enough for me that has has kind of um, stuck with me is this idea of 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 a sequoia right these big right. huge massive beautiful trees but how long does it take them for, to grow and be uh, past yeah. our lifetime right and so is it worth planting a sequoia tree because you're never going to see it to its full fruition right. but man like what beauty and and just almost majestic nature is in a massive tree like that for someone who's willing to to plant the seed and do what needs to happen at the beginning of its life and nurture it and care for it to then have this beautiful thing that that generations after will be able to enjoy right will will have an impact on generations but really you don't get to see much of the fruit of it right? it's so interesting to think about that because psychologically speaking humans are particularly bad mm -hmm. about understanding the consequences of their actions sure. over time. Um, and this is not just like a, a juvenile adolescent thing, yeah. but it's also an adult thing that we just, our brains don't really understand uh, or can grasp amounts of time particularly well. The idea of eternity is almost impossible for mm -hmm. us to grasp. So I was thinking about this. I'm I'm not an old person by any means. I'm 27 years old, and I just thought about doubling my lifetime mm -hmm. and all of the things that have happened that I have already forgot about right. in my life and just that much experience. I cannot fathom that amount of time. Sure. Realistically, I think I can think about three months ahead. I'm right. not sure what the empirical... Um, <laughs> the empirical stuff suggests about how far in the future that we can, but I have been doing some reading just about like how <laughs> how fundamentally bad we are <laughs> at um, at thinking about the future, which is almost okay when yeah. we think about God is like you know what you are incapable of doing so. So give us Here. today our yeah. daily bread. Right? Do today what I ask you to right. do. Let's let's get let's get that. And you know, f for me, I think, you know, maybe that's why the idea of wake up and, you know, God, what do you have for me today? Help me to see it, help me to hear it, help me to be open to it is it fits because, you know, and and also I think some of it is and if 2020's taught us anything, no matter how far we try to plan in the future or think into the future, things can change in a matter of of moments. And so uh, you know, I think that we, I, I think there is maybe, maybe some goodness in that that allows us to be like, hey, this is what God needs for me today, yeah. and that's what I should do. So when we think about 
the human incapability of planning long-term. I think that there's also an important thing that we have to distinguish is humans really struggle at being able to, to understand how the consequences would affect others. Huh. This kind of plays into the importance of being equipped with the Holy Spirit to be able to see others, those that we would serve through a mission with uh, the way that God sees them. Yeah. And maybe some of the, the thinking that has been so damaging through the, the popular missions that we've seen in the past is that they, we haven't seen people as God sees them, right. valuable and, and loved, even in a situation that we would call less than ideal. Now, there's a fine line to balance between, you know, how do we sh- see someone where they are and say God values them versus how do we see this is an objectively bad circumstance and we have the tools yeah. or the finances or the people to help you out of that circumstance. One of those things is modern medicine to me. That sure. is just a conundrum. Is you you see these places that are not as well developed, and you're like, this. It's hard to say like, oh, this life I see I see it has a value, and and living in in an impoverished way is not necessarily like a a knock on the value of someone's life. Right. However, like. <laughs> bringing medicine to someone I feel like is is a really good thing. So with with those kind of difficult things in mind I want to kind of start fun- funneling down from, from the more abstract missions to to what that looks like at at celebration yeah. and we've chosen a couple of things that I think are really important first and foremost we chose to uh, move away from what we called the mission auction mm-hmm. to missions weekends yeah. and then just specifically the the ministries uh, and the people that we fund. So let's just start with the the mission auction. We used to do something where um, church members would bring a gift or a a service or an experience, and we would auction those off for money. But last year, we made the decision to go to missions weekends. Right. Why the change? Uh, Well, the main reason for the change was the roof blew off of the church. And so logistically, yes. we could not fit the event in the building the way that it it was. Um, but, you know, one of the things, the, the mission auction was an awesome event. It was a great um, evening every time we did it. You know, we had a lot of fun as a church family doing it. Um, obviously, people got involved with donating um, either items or services or opportunities, experiences, like you said. Um, to be auctioned off, and then people got involved in in bidding on those, and and it was a fun night. Uh, but the one I would say the thing that we felt like we missed the most in the busyness of the auction itself is we didn't get to fully tell the stories of the the things that the mission auction was funding. And so when we when the roof blew off, and we said, well, we have this event coming up, and we can't do it in in the space that we would have, and also do services and everything else that we would need to do that week, what do we do? 
we said, you know, one thing that we've wanted to do is better tell the stories of, of the people right. we're partnering with in the mission field and the organizations. And so we said, what if leading up to the, the weekends that we had decided to, to have missions giving on, we, we had our creative team that's so talented create um, videos and put together basically testimonies of, of what these organizations are doing. And what we saw last year, which made us decide to do the same thing this year, was through telling those stories, there were connections made for people in our church of, wow, I, that excites me. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of something that's doing that in Haiti or doing this in North Carolina or doing this in, in Manhattan, Kansas, whichever, you know, or in our local community here in Hayes. Another thing with the mission auction that we realized was not everybody could be there that night. And so if they couldn't be there, then they felt like they maybe weren't a part of it as, as much. And so this gave the opportunity to spread it over the course of basically two months and lead to those two weekends. And so even if you were going to be gone both of those giving weekends, you still knew it was happening, you knew it was going on, and you could make a donation you know, either online or something like that. And so we just saw way more people engage with the idea of, of missions in that way. And so, and, and just to be completely transparent and honest, the mission auction event took up a considerable amount of time to prepare and plan and figure out for multiple staff members. So when we sat there and looked at that and said, okay, a ton of work for multiple staff members creating this event versus still, still work and putting together videos and things like that with our creative team and just thinking through and planning things, but not nearly the amount of work. And then it engaged more people in our church. That was a no brainer for us of, Hey, this is how we do it. Um, moving forward. And so we, we've been thrilled to see the way our church has responded to these missions weekends and just saying, I see the need and I see the impact that these people and these organizations are making. And I want to be a part of that. I want to support that. It's incredible. Right. The thing that I noticed like right off the bat was first and foremost, people got to see where that money was going and it's not just money. And I think we're going to talk about this later, but they were finally like that, that money wasn't just gone and distributed though. I do. Let me make a caveat there. I don't think that anyone was fundamentally mistrusting like, Oh, this money just goes away. Sure. No, I think that there's a a great deal of trust of like, okay, they're going to do the right thing with the money, but being able to see physically where that money is going and that person that's being affected by that, that's a, that's a little foothold into, wow, my finances can help the mission of God move forward. And that's that's super huge. Can I, can I tell you for a second, Nathan, one of my human fears yes. of changing it was, and, and this just shows the the <laughs> just some doubt in, in my own mind, but yeah. but has made me extremely proud as a pastor of our church was was this human fear of, wait a minute, people have been giving money to missions, but they've been getting something in return, right? Like they've been donating the money for, for a good cause, but they also were bidding on items that they get to take home or they get to use as a Christmas gift or they get to have as an experience for themselves or their family. And that was going to be gone. And we were just simply saying, here's the need, here's what's going on. We'd love to have you partner with us and support it by making a donation. 
and I have been blown away and so proud of our church and and so disappointed in myself for for doubting for a moment but that was just the the human nature side of me was like wait a minute what if this doesn't work because of that but man has it been incredible to just see the the church body come together and say yeah like you said I see this I want to be a part of this this is important um, and and just the fact that they got to see more of where it goes I think spoke to them more than hey I can get this item if I give fifty dollars and bid on it so let's just talk a little bit about where the money goes and let's just start locally what are some places that if I gave a hundred dollars it doesn't really matter and some of that is um is moved locally what organizations are receiving some of that money yeah we you know there's a couple different organizations and funds that um, we support locally like um first call for help um, second mile fund um, we we had supported the mary elizabeth home at at uh, when it was open um, and just opportunities that come up in in our community to Again, if they align with the the mission of the church and and you know in in loving people and caring for people, um, you know the, one of the things that is helpful for us as a church is when we have people, whether they be people traveling by on Interstate seventy or or from the community, um, come up and and need financial support or they need gas to get to where they're going or something like that. These are all organizations and funds that are that are purposely for that, mm-hmm. and so this gives us a great opportunity to say, you know, while we don't have, you know, we don't have a bunch of cash that just sits here at the church to 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 give out to people, we do support these ministries, and um, here's the phone numbers for them, so you can contact them and see if they're able to help you. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we want to make sure that we do through the missions weekends funds is is to support locally the the organizations and the groups that are that are a part of of helping to to see people in our community um live life in a way that that is is it's meant to be and to support each other and love each other and and to be part of that that kind of community feel together right so for example, first call for help helps with people who are transient going through gas money, perhaps a hotel um, for the evening. That is that is the second mile. Second fund. mile, okay. First call for help is more focused on local people from gotcha. within our community that say maybe are maybe have lost a job and need help keeping their their electricity on or their power, right. um, as well as many many other things. But um, those are a lot of the requests that would come to us. Um, that we would we would send them to. No, that's so. good. It's good to have like an extant organization, and yeah. you know, a fear of that would be, oh, I don't have this money at the church at, at one point, but maybe I do at another point. Right. It's nice to be able to divert it to a a organization, a fund yeah. that is already set up and inherently ready to assist with with something like right. that. Absolutely. Um, how about? regionally. I know that we had a video about Summersmith at, at uh-huh. Manhattan. Are there any other um, other things that are in, in the Midwest that we support? Yeah, so there's there's a couple um, currently, and then I'll, I'll tell you about one from the, the past, but Summersmith, um, you mentioned she, she is at uh, the campus of Kansas State right now. Summer was a, a girl who grew up here in Hayes and went to celebration was a part of cross current and and the church and has just really blossomed in 
um, going to um, Kansas State and getting involved with a organization called Stumo, which is basically Encounter on the um, Kansas State campus. And so um, she's discipling young ladies and she's um, a part of that. And so we want to be able to support her in in doing that. Um, another group is a group called Zone 33, which is in Halstead, Kansas. Um, and this is a very unique um, opportunity to help support them. They are, in essence, a youth ministry. Right. But they are not a youth ministry that is attached to a church or a part of a church. Right. In the same way that Cross Current is under the umbrella of Celebration Community right. Church, Zone Thirty Three is its own entity. They are Cross Current mm-hmm. out in the just in the community right. of Hayes that does not have church support from anywhere um, in terms of an overseeing church. Um, and and the reason they did it that way is they they saw in their community. Um, multiple a smaller town where multiple churches had youth people who'd be there for a year or two and then they leave and they just saw these kids just kind of getting defeated every time that happened because they the kids would be going to different youth groups at different churches to connect with the person mm-hmm. that was leading them but then that person would move on from Halstead for for whatever reason and they said we are in this community we want to be a part of this community for long long term we just need to create somewhere where kids can go. And so I think they have a little area downtown in, in Halstead that they meet. And um, and so they've come to our youth conference. Um, right. Brian and Jennifer Swift are the name of the leaders and have been huge supporters of our youth conference for years. And so when they decided to do this, we said, we want to help you. Um, right. you know, and, and it's kind of been cool to see, you know, we had some chairs that we didn't have anything to do with and they needed some. So we, we sent some chairs to them one year. And we've been able to support them through the missions giving as well. And so um, one that we had supported for a number of years that has just recently um, uh, stopped operating was was a place down in Baxter Springs, Kansas, called Word in Action. Um, and was a great um, Baxter Springs, Kansas, a very small um, town down by the Missouri border um, that there's a, a large amount of, of homeless population there, especially right. considering the size of the town. And they were a, a, a ministry that, that reached out to um, that, that homeless population there. And, and we took multiple mission trips when I was the youth pastor right. there to go help them and support them and, and do that. Um, and, and so that's been another one that, that we had supported in the past that uh, is no longer active anymore, but, um, but was a great opportunity for us to, you know, see that there was this massive need within our state that, right. you know, is you wouldn't expect. If you drove through Baxter Springs, it's on uh, Highway 66, Route 66. If you drive through there, you'd never guess some of the just pain that's in that town. Right. One of the things that that I love about these regional uh, connections are, first and foremost, in the case of Summersmith, celebration almost prides itself on being what I'd call, and you can't see my air quotations, homegrown. Yeah. Um, but the majority of the people who are on staff or are are supported are people who have grown up in the church yeah. and then have found a place um, to really like carry out the mission of God in, in their own context. And I, uh-huh. I really think that that is a special thing because it's it helps you remember the familial aspect of the kingdom of God or the church. Yeah. Uh, the church is many locations, but 
one body mm-hmm. uh, as we will as we hope to see in the end yeah. <laughs> as well uh, the the scriptures talk of uh, a, a great multitude of every tribe and language mm-hmm. uh, that that we can see so while these aren't different languages <laughs> in in the regional context it's 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 very fun to remember that we're connected in this way yeah. um, so let's move to uh, Globally, yeah. how are the the dollars that are raised at, during the missions weekends spent in a global context? Yeah. Um, you know, all, uh, we we support missionaries that have have felt the call from from our church to go out um, to uh, global areas. For example, Mark and Avery St. Peter, mm-hmm. um, they a couple of years ago felt the call to to go to Haiti and get involved in the orphanage situation there. Um, and so we've been able to support them for a number of years now. Um, Jordan and Ember Stangler, Stangler um, went to Uganda, um, and they're just beginning their process of transitioning back to um, back to the states, and 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 their time in 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 that specific mission field is is done. But they're going to be going to Texas into a mission field there as well, and so. Um, you know, that, that has been, um, there have been organizations, um, globally as well that we have, have supported. Um, but a lot of the global mission work and, and, and just to be again, fully transparent of there's been a lot in recent years of some potential concerns with mm-hmm. some global organizations of, as far as how their funds get used. Right. Um, and so where we have kind of focused our, are giving towards those or towards globally um, in in recent years has been those individuals that we know exactly what they're doing and who they're working with and how it's happening. Right. Um, you know, it also our missions um, funds also support um, if we have encounter or cross current or men's women's mission trips that go um, either regionally, globally, nationally, wherever that is, um, and also and 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 we also see. Um, our, our missions weekends help support um, some of the areas of our, our vision as well, which some of that is orphans in Haiti or Uganda um, in the foster um, care system as well, taking care of those kids um, in, in our area and, and our IDD community as well, as those are, are what we feel have been some mission fields that God has called our church specifically to as well. And right. so that's where a majority of the funds go. We do keep some funds aside for things that come up that maybe we aren't um, expecting. Um, for example, we used some this past year to support some of our um, healthcare workers with everything mm, going yeah. on with the global pandemic of, you know, we felt right. that that was a mission field that was very, very deserving in this time um, with everything that was going on. And so um, we do have some funds. And so, so what we do is after, after the giving weekends, um, we'll, Pastor Brandt and myself, um, we'll kind of talk through where we had given funds last year. Um, we'll talk with other um, staff members that, that have shown some interest in potentially um, either doing something for a mission trip or something like that. Obviously, a lot of that's been on hold this this past year. Um, but then we'll we'll meet with our board and we'll discuss with them kind of our plan and idea for it right. um, and make sure that there's multiple minds involved so it doesn't just become, a, here's what Pastor Derek thinks or here's what Pastor Derek and Pastor Brant think, and that's where all the money goes because um, 
we see certain things, uh, but we don't see everything. And so it's important to have other people involved in that. Um, but we always make sure to have some, some of the funds available on the side for things that would come up. So we may have somebody who feels a call halfway through the year who didn't make the request right at missions weekend or something like that, um, that, that we want to be able to continue to support. Um, and so, um, no, that's good to hear for, for the person who may have a, a burden and, and a way to serve some people to know that, Hey, there are funds available. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean, hey, this is going to be funded. Right. So I don't want to give that false hope, but sure. maybe there's, there's, there is a sense of hope in there. And like our church is, is willing to get behind the people who are in our church financially. Yeah. And this is not just the staff with money that comes from nowhere. This is right. the, the church pooling their resources together yeah. to be able to do the work of the mission of God. Right. It's saying that my money is not necessarily my own, yeah. but I give it in order that that the mission of God be done on earth. Yeah. If it's a monetary thing, here's that money. Right. If it's a thing that needs people, hey, we have ministries that are available and ready to do so. Right. So maybe that instills a little bit of hope of like, we're looking to expand this, yeah. maybe not robustly at this point, uh-huh. and, you know, but, but that is a, a, something that's, that's possible yeah. in, in the future. The commitment that, that our, our board and, and leadership of our church has is that the money that comes in for Missions Weekend is not going to be used for programming here at the church. It's not used for staffing at the church. It's not right. used for um, anything internally. It's all going to be stuff that's going to go out of right. of the church building. And so we have, you know, we have tithing in our in our general budget that helps to take care of the things like keeping the lights on here, paying for insurance, paying salaries for for our staff members, those type of things. Uh, but missions weekend is specifically to go outside of the building and outside of the things that that we're doing on a normal basis. And so. Um, while it may involve people from within the walls of our church, um, it's not to do the programming of the church. And so just wanted right. to clarify that, 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 it, that is the, that's the number one commitment of those funds is that we're not using them for, for our own um, sake, but we, we want to see that money 100% go outside of the building and, and impact the world. So if I need to clarify, that's kind of where I was going as well. You know, these, many of the things that are... Um, that are funded are things that people from our church have found a need outside. Yeah. And, and just to know that like that is prior that, it, that has uh, precedence mm-hmm. for uh, there's money that is labeled and earmarked for that specific purpose. So yeah. if it's something that aligns with our vision and, um, and is, is specifically meant for outside of, of the church, yeah. then, then that's, there's a route of possibility. Yeah. Um, we've kind of established that there are places to do missions work in our community. Right. There's places to do missions work in the state of Kansas, in the United States, and across the, the globe. How might we live lives that are mission driven Uh does it mean that we need to plan events to give money to 
Again, not that there's anything wrong with that. Are there specific times that we need to go and do something? Or is there a more transformative answer of living our lives on mission every day? Sure. You know, I think for me, I keep going back to that idea of the best way that I know for myself anyway to to live on mission is is each day waking up and, and that simple prayer of, you know, Jesus, whatever you have for me today, open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart, and, and help me to, to have the courage and strength to do it. Um, and, and I think a lot about, like, our, our church's mission statement of, you know, to, to meet him, grow in him, and serve through him. I think that if we're doing those things well, and we've talked about that being kind of a circle mission statement and not a straight line of, right of once we're serving him, the idea is that we bring people back to the meet him and we walk through growing with them and serving with them. And another person comes in and, mm-hmm. and to build upon it, you know, I, I think in the context of, of, of celebration and what we see as, as the mission for people, that's, that's what it is. And so to be living that out, you know, I think one of the other misconceptions with the, the great commandment is to go and, and, tell people about Jesus and then to say, see you later and go tell someone else about it. But, but that's not really what I think Jesus had in mind. And, and we talked a little bit earlier, but I think that the, this great commission has absolutely evangelism and going and telling people about Jesus mm-hmm. as a, as a key part of it. Absolutely. We, we need to go and tell but there's also the discipleship side of it that we have to realize is just as important yeah. um, to walk alongside people as they're growing in their faith, to, to be with them in those moments. And so um, for, for some people, that means their local area and their local community. For some people, that's being called to Haiti. And, but it's about telling people about Jesus and then walking through life with them and being a part of that and living together and growing together. And ultimately, what does it mean to live on mission? It means to model as closely as we can and each and every day die to ourselves and, and follow the example of Jesus. Yeah. Participating in the work of the kingdom of God may not necessarily mean proclaiming who Jesus is to every single person that you meet through your words. Sure. But I do believe that it means that people should see the example of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit in the things that we do. Right. It It is good and it is important to commune with God and just to be with him. And that's our, our, you know, the meet him part of our, our mission statement. But it's equally as imperative for those instances of being with God to change how we live as well. Yeah, and, and if there is work to be done, if there are people to be <laughs> liberated and to, sh- to be shown the light and the life of Christ, we have the capability to do that. Absolutely. And might we live lives 
that are freeing to others. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the mission of of the Christian at an individual scale, sure. even though we do have these missions at a, a church-wide or, or, or a celebration church-wide or a capital C global church-wide right. scale as well. Um, this need not absolve us of the responsibility, but it also doesn't need to tie us to this I have to work for God so that he'll save me. Right. No, that's, that's, that's secure in your trust and your faith in, in God and abiding in the presence of God. Yes. But that doesn't mean that that's the epitome of, <laughs> of, of the Christian life as well. So may we, may we end by kind of saying that while we focus on these different topics— we have to look at a bigger picture of a consummate Christian life, and that's hard to do. Uh, we have to be gracious with ourselves um, because we don't have the the physical bandwidth to be thinking about every single thing at um, at the same time. However, thank God we have the Spirit who lives in us and yeah. helps us to see with the eyes of Christ for the work that needs to be done. And, and may we give ourselves the grace to just look um, look at today yeah. and to see what can we do today, though there are things that we'll plan for that, that will carry on into the future. Any final thoughts, Derek? No, I think that is. It's not, it's not bad to, to plan for the future and think that this is where I feel God's calling me to go or to plan for a mission trip to go somewhere, but don't do that and in, in, in lose the sight of what God could have you do today. I think that sometimes we we plan for these big things and and we lose sight of maybe what God has right in front of us. And and God has a mission for you today. It's right in front of you. And yep. and will you will you accept it is really the the answer. Is the opportunities there? You know, I yeah. people say, you know, I just I just I I I want some opportunities to just grow in my faith. And it's like, well, they're there. And, right. and if you're, if you're praying and asking for opportunities, I guarantee you God's putting it there. It's just, are your eyes open? Are your ears open? And, and I know yeah. that I, I'm, I'm guilty as, as much as anybody of, of getting busy or overwhelmed and, and losing some of those opportunities and yeah. missing them. But, but really I think that's, that's the Christian life on mission is, is today. What do I do to follow Jesus and become more like him? Yeah. And may we always remember that that opportunity is from a a loving perspective oh, with yeah. a hand extended saying come and see what life truly is yes. not uh, a oh messed up again so yeah. he's not the <laughs> so authoritative dictator that boss that's like oh, nathan messed is that up right yeah. exactly he's not a podcast dictator like <laughs> that's you. right well grace and peace celebration <laughs>